beginning, there was a question. That question was sent out into the void. It became energy, communication that flew through. It suddenly exploded with great force throughout the universe. This is the Big Bang. And this question that sent the whole universe sending forward to this moment is this. Why do people say that I'm like Sheldon? This is Not A New Hate Watch with me, Missy Information, and my co-host, Alice. Hello, Alice. Hello. Bazinga. Bazinga. We are doing our first television series yes. on Not A Hate Watch. Uh, the way we have set this up is we have watched two episodes from the first season and two episodes from the last season. That's the format that we're going to try and do with all of these TV shows. So one, we're not burdening ourselves with too much responsibility trying to get through a whole season. And also, if it's something we not like, you know, we're not torturing ourselves that long. We're in, we're out, and we get a sense of where things started and where things ended up. Alice, did you get a sense from your episodes of of where this story started and where it ended up and uh, your thoughts. Um, it, my watch was interesting. Um, I noticed right away that in the, in the last season, all of the, like all of the couples are married. Like all of a sudden there are girlfriends, Bernadette and, and my MB Alex character's name. I don't remember. Um, mm-hmm. and so they've got this like boys versus girls dynamic. Um, I don't know what the central conceit of the show is, especially if it was supposed to be Leonard and Penny getting together or not, because it just seemed really scattershot. Yeah, I so I I believe that there's the conceit is these are four roommates, obviously, who I believe all worked together in different capacities or met. I think I way. think they like go to school together. I think they're all in college, even though all yeah. of the actors were like 35 when the show started yeah and i think that it's just yeah they were all sharing the apartment going to school together and then eventually all became like really successful in their own various ways right. uh so but yeah the end of season 12 they're all having love and children and uh everything's going pretty fine and dandy for them but they're still they're still having communication issues with each sure. other after 12 plus years as friends which mm-hmm. is you know causing the same amount of drama to emerge from the earlier season. I, I, I will say season 12 had fewer, had, had more premises of jokes and, and plots that I felt like were very sitcom-like in comparison to season one. Um, in season one, it felt very much like the joke is these four nerds can't talk to women or and or these four nerds are neurodivergent. And that's pretty much that was pretty much the entire joke in 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 both the episodes I watched. Whereas, yeah. um, in the last season, they're they're like mostly well adjusted. They're still obviously nerds and and can't talk, but um, there was a lot of like like husband wife banter, a lot of couple to couple banter. I, I I was more into that, if anything. It's just a very interesting moment. I'm the complete opposite. Oh, interesting. All right, let's let's go into it. Yeah, let's start with the first season. Yeah. I'm going to pull up, um, I'm going to get the names of the episodes I did, but I did episodes three and six from the first season, which is the Fuzzy Boots uh, Corollary and the Middle Earth Paradigm. Oh, I also did that one. I did the Middle Earth Paradigm, and then I did the one about the birthday party. The Peanut Reaction was the second one I watched. 
Nice. Um, so my scientific method for picking the episodes I did was I picked the lowest rated episode of the season and the second highest rated episode <laughs> of the season. Not including on in the last season, I did not pick either of the two finale episodes. I did not. I just kind of combined them together. I'm like, I knew that was going to be the highest rated because everything happily, you know, ends for everyone. So, of course, yeah, they're going to be high rated. Um, so that's how I got with the first two. Uh, why did you, now, why did you pick the two episodes that you did? Was it truly random or did you kind of look at the description and go, well, these sound interesting? Um, I, w- I picked the Halloween episode cause I always like a Halloween episode on a sitcom. Yeah. Um, like famously like news radio and Parks and Rec but, and, and other shows I've liked have had really good, um, Halloween episodes. So I picked that one and then I don't, I didn't really have a thought. I just wanted to pick one later in the season that wasn't the season finale. So I went one back and did episode, um, the second to last episode of the season. Very nice. Um, yeah, I I think I picked Middle Earth Paradigm. I believe there were a few that scored the same from that. So I also picked the Halloween one because uh, Brooklyn Nine-Nine is my favorite Halloween-themed uh, episodes from a, a TV series. So I as well was kind of leaning toward it. Even though I'm not a person who celebrates Halloween all that much. My knowledge of the Big Bang Theory was, of course, all of the touchstones from it just being in pop culture. But uh, my family also watched it. And this would have been like 10 years ago, they probably started talking about it um, when I was just graduating college and all that. And I was told, you would love this show. You would absolutely love this show. The main character, Sheldon, he is so much like you. It is so funny. We just were laughing like, oh, that's such a Michael thing. Uh, and it was really, really great. So I'm like, oh, okay. Uh, go to one of my friends' house, uh, who are like family friends, and we sit down and I watch one episode. And I, I don't remember the entire conceit. I remember Will Wheaton was involved uh, as that recurring character. Mm. And the episode got done. And I kind of looked at them and I said, you all think I act like that? Sheldon is an asshole. He's an absolute miserable person. Uh, do you like? I'm, I was then all of a sudden concerned mm-hmm. that all my friends and family thought I was like this character, and I'm like, what is happening here? Because I'm, a, I, yeah, I have traits of his, but I'm so much more emotionally and socially sure. aware. Than he is, because in fact I have social anxiety and emotional mm-hmm. anxiety because I'm too aware of all of it. So it's one of those things where it's like, wow, they've. I'm not that like aloof and that uh, uh, divergent that I can't recognize. You know that oh, the things I'm saying right now are like, are really dickish or like really mean. Uh, but I, you know, but I get the personality traits yeah. of just knowing a lot of information and not being afraid to correct people. But I don't do it in a way, or try not to at least do it in a way that's like talking down to people. So it was just it was interesting watching these episodes, and in the first season, I agree with you. I was groaning at all of the tropes where there were jokes that were basically just, oh ha ha, they're nerds. Oh ha ha, they don't know how to talk to women. And in fact, the third episode, the fuzzy boots uh, corollary is about them trying to figure out women. I was going to say, I I actually was surprised. I, I Okay, so 
like back in the day, especially if you were like very active on like TV internet forums, like the AV Club and, and stuff like that, it was always the, the comparison was always the Big Bang Theory, which was the mega hit to Community, which was the critically critically appreciated, heavily underviewed comedy, and and it was always those two were compared against each other. And the thing that 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 people always cited was on the Big Bang Theory, the joke will be that someone wants to play Dungeons and Dragons, whereas on Community they build a whole episode yes. around it and everyone buys in pretty much immediately. And I I was surprised, at least in the two episodes I watched, there wasn't a lot of person says nerd thing and everyone laughs because it's a nerd thing. There there wasn't as much of that as, as, as I was expecting, which, which no, uh, I thought fact, was interesting. The episode that I watched first started out with them playing a WoW uh, World of Warcraft type game. And it was very funny because I wrote down the note. It, but it was a lot of jargon mm-hmm. and talking about their characters and stuff. And they were really getting into it. And I did write down, this actually does sound like people I know playing WoW. It, in the sense of you don't know what spells they're talking about. Mm-hmm. You don't know the language. So you are just hearing gobbledygook. But you're right. That was sort of the the joke was that on the outside, you don't understand what they're talking about. So they're getting really excited about those things. But the joke isn't just, haha, they're nerds. It's just situationally like, wow, they're getting really excited about a computer game. Uh, yeah. So I'm like, okay, I guess this is fine getting in here. But then it became about, uh, oh, they don't know how to interact with girls. So I was a little worried where this was going to go. And, of course, like, you know, uh, it basically is Sheldon being the one who just, like, is so not interested in all of it. And Leonard is worried about his ability to attract a woman. And whether or not he's going to be able to kiss. So he um, meets up with Melissa Gilbert's character. And I'm trying to think of uh, her name. I don't know. I don't know this at all. She was Uh, not named. Leslie Winkle. There's, I was trying to find the name. So Leslie Winkle. So Leslie, uh, he basically goes to her and he says, Hey, I want to do a uh, experiment with you. And I just want to um, try having a kiss without having to get to any of the awkward, you know, social, you know, interactions and and courting between that. And I just want to see how that strictly feels. So she agrees and they have their light kiss. And then she says, it was a fine kiss. No arousal. (laughs) It was just like, ooh, ooh. Like, okay. That's just a nice little. That's what I feel like this show treats things as. Is that it treats all of these things as like sterile stuff that we've never approached before and that no one has the answers to solve these scenarios. And I'm like, these people are adults. They shouldn't have any of these issues. Like, it really was just strange how... That's what more of my thing was, was the joke at how overconfident they were or, like, how unaware they were about how socially inept they are, which is fine, yeah. But these characters are presented as, like, the winners. As, like, the people that we're rooting for in a way. And not as necessarily, like, people that... I don't know. It just never felt like it was... I think, right, it never felt like a sitcom scenario stuff. It just felt, like, personality-based. But it wasn't really good. It was just, like, very one-dimensional sort of characters at this point. I think maybe that's probably the lowest-rated episode is that there's not a lot going on with it. I'm, I I don't know that I can speak to that. I will say, when the, in the in the Halloween episode, the cold open is them 
getting invited to a party by Penny, their neighbor, and the and they're all just immediately paralyzed by the idea that there will be girls at the party, and that that was like that that really turned me off initially because it's like. These people would not be able to function in society. If, yes, if, if, exactly. And then, and then, okay. So then they go to the party, and it's mostly it's mostly continues that. But I would say, like, I was surprised by at the end of the episode, Leonard, I guess the main character, nominally the main character, had enough foresight to realize that Penny was drunk when he was talking to her, and, and she kissed him, and he's like, "Oh no, this isn't right. You need to go home." Whereas I feel like. If in in a in a meaner version of this, he would think he's scoring, and then and then it would come out later that he had taken advantage of her. Um, so he has enough like social skill to recognize that. Yet at the beginning of the episode, the idea that there's girls there at all is just like, oh god, what do I do? Um, yeah, that's yeah. Just, it's that was interesting to me because the third episode is about him trying to have a kiss, and then in the sixth episode, the Halloween one, we see that at the end. And you're right, I was pleasantly surprised that. He didn't try to take advantage of her or, you know, didn't be like, are you sure you want to go along with it? And she's like, oh, yeah. And he's like, oh, okay, you said yes. You know, I guess that's consent or whatever. But no, he like really was aware of it Uh, (laughs) as opposed to the other drunk woman who uh, went to bed with the uh, Raj, uh, the Indian Raj, uh, uh, him in it where I'm like, oh no, this is her thing. She goes to parties, she gets liquored up and she's like plucking a guy from it. So so, that's, that's just what her entire plan is. So, so hold on, hold on. That guy, the, the the Indian guy is the playboy, right? He's the, like, he's the Neil Patrick Harris from How I Met Your Mother. I never like, actually watched that show, but like he is the playboy of the of the show. It seems like I got that vibe too, but I didn't get enough of the episodes to figure out if that is exactly what's going on. Well, I know I noticed in the last season that all everyone was married, and in one of the episodes I watched it was specifically him talking about how sad he was that he's never he's never been in a serious relationship. So I think that's I think that's just the parallel like like character type he's supposed to be playing. Well, that's fascinating because I saw an episode in which he introduced his arranged marriage fiance. Ah, well, the, the, the episode I saw set that up was was when he realized he wanted to get an arranged marriage. Okay, interesting. Um, We're jumping ahead to that season. Yeah, um, I want to I want to talk a little more about why these characters are are relatable, and I think like like. I know I've known people who who vehemently disliked this show and thought of it as like anti-intellectualism in a way because the idea is the people who you, who think they know everything don't actually know anything. They don't actually yeah. know how to deal with things, and and thus smart people are really stupid, and 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 stupid people are actually the ones with real smarts. It's the it's the sort of you know real America, fake America, or uh, coastal elites thing, uh, writ large. I don't know that it's that serious, but I do think that is kind of the premise of the show, in that you are supposed to like the 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 four nerds are lovable idiots. Um, I, I will say the the role for for Penny for Kaylee Cuoco was really interesting to me because she is just like okay one thing that really bothered me was that in the first season Kaylee Cuoco is twenty two which is about the age you would be if you were in college and everyone else on the show all the all the all the nerd dudes are like in their mid to late thirties. And so there's there's this big age gap, but they're being presented as being like around the same age. And I feel like that that only gets exacerbated more by the end of the show where she's like she's like late 20s or she, she's like early 30s and they're in like pushing 50 most of those guys. And <laughs> 
and 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 in in the late in the last season, basically every episode, her plot is she's tired of she's tired of Leonard and the nerds' antics, and she's and she's so over it. It's like I felt so bad for her in in that last season. I wrote the conversation between the two women in the episode I watched is you could replace their the fact that their husbands with their children, and it would sound exactly the same. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it, it that was basically her plotline too. Was her? It, it, uh, we don't want to jump to it, but basically, yeah, it was her and the other uh, wife having to solve uh, the problems with each other because the husbands had an issue together. It just, you know, it was just weird. Uh, right. That's why I didn't like the season, the last season, as much as the first. Uh, there were moments, uh, and I was, you know, admittedly, uh, it, with some. Uh, Frambois uh, Lombeck when I was finishing these episodes uh, that in the first season I thought to myself maybe I might like this like maybe like there might be some stuff in here but it was I wasn't hard sold it was there were enough jokes in here that made me laugh uh, when when Sheldon called the music a mixed CD for a double suicide I thought that was very funny but it's like one of those things where there's funny people working on the show and they're inserting these lines that are very funny into the mouths of people where I question why are they saying these things yeah like it's very funny but I'm like I don't I, I'm not presented with a scenario where I would understand why this is the appropriate response to what they're doing, except for just the answer of because it's funny, you know. Yeah. And it was like, okay, like I guess that is a sitcom, but also it just it didn't feel natural. It really felt like, you know, they were trying to find their place in there. Whereas the last season, it felt like they had their characters fleshed out. But I also was realized, I'm like, I don't know what's been happening here. So there's also sort of jokes about their mannerisms that I didn't get. Because they'd be laughing. I'd be like, oh, is this something this character does normally? And I'm supposed to get that? At, that's the joke. But it was, yeah. It was just very interesting, that evolution in it. I, that's so interesting to me because I definitely... I definitely felt like, especially in the late the, the the season twelve episodes, there were jokes that I think if they were divorced of the context of this show and like my my negative feelings around it, like like in another sitcom, those jokes I definitely would have laughed at. And there were some parts where it, I did genuinely think it was just really funny. Um, I watched one one of the episodes I watched was um, one with Lauren Lapkus and. She's she's set up as a as a romantic interest for Stuart. We got to talk about Stuart. I'm gonna table Stuart for now. We got to talk about Stuart. But um, <laughs> but but at the end of the episode, like the the bit in that episode is that he gets a spray tan, and then so then basically the last the the outro of the episode is her just grilling him with with um, chocolate factory oompa loompa jokes, and I was just like, okay, this is actually pretty funny, um, because the character looks ridiculous. Um, mm-hmm. So like I I see the I see the potential there, but I just there's just so much with the premise that just really bothers me. Yeah, I I'm just formulating a thought, and this is there's no way for me to explain this without it just sounding somewhat somewhat I don't want to say elitist, but somewhat seeming like I'm above it. But it almost I can understand the effect of this show if the only other thing you're watching is like american sitcoms and other like network shows because this is probably the best out of those batches it sorry big burp there oh that ginger ale oh we're keeping that in and it was i so i think for me 
that might be what it is, is that I have just seen other types of comedy that is much more my bag. And sure. this type of comedy isn't as much my thing. So that's where I, that's where I was writing down and was laughing at so, certain lines and jokes that did work for me. But the characters and just the basic setup never, never clicked. And it was just because they treat them more like they're aliens and that nerds are like an alien thing. Where everyone yeah. is on the outside looking in where we know that nerd culture and geek culture has been completely mainstreamed and monetized. And yeah, is I, just as sort of, you know, there are niches within it. But it's not a, it's not a bad thing anymore to be that. Sure, but I mean, so the show started airing in 2007, and the cultural attitude at that time definitely felt more like what's depicted in the show versus what we are today. I 100% agree with you. Like, comic book movies are the biggest movies on the planet, um, and 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 people are, are are super into all of their their nerdy shit. Like, the idea that someone would go to a, Hallow a Halloween party in a Flash costume is not crazy mm -hmm. in 2022. But like in 2007, that was still pretty out there. Um, I have to tell you, I have to tell you this story about the first time I watched this show, which is the only time I'd watched the show prior to this, which is um, in 2008. Uh, on the night of the presidential election, that was the night that Barack Obama was elected president. Um, it was also the night that Prop 8 was passed in California outlawing gay marriage. And that was kind of a mixed bag. Like, it felt really odd because, like, there was this, you know, sort of supposedly progressive president. I don't want to litigate that. Um, but, but you know, like, the, the Democratic nominee won. I was happy about that. But then also gay marriage was outlawed by, by people in California by referendum. And and so the the my co my friends who was a coworker at the time I was at his house with his wife and and some other friends and they said let's just put on Big Bang Theory because they had been watching this show and they both loved it and all of like that my coworker isn't was a nerd like he was a he was a software engineer he was into mm -hmm. all of the stuff that like in the same way that like you know I'm into the same stuff that that the the nerds are into but. He just thought the show was hilarious anyway, and I just remember sitting there and looking at my uh, looking at another friend, and the two of us looking at it are like, "What the fuck are we watching? This is not <laughs> funny at all." Yes, that was my first experience too. Yep, that was it. Was really fascinating for me, and especially people who, so many people in my life were just like, "You would love this. This is exactly your kind of thing." And I just watched it and was like. This is so unfunny. Why? What is the joke here? Sure. Like, what? Who are these? You know, and it, and it was a random episode. I can't even remember the context of it. But I, and I think I just I came in with the wrong attitude of being like, oh, I'm gonna like this because people think I'm like this, and then sure. it just made me question what my what people's perception of me was like instead of enjoying the show. Yeah, and I think that's that's part of why we we're doing this show is we're trying to put a more thoughtful eye to what we're doing and like i said like i said earlier i was surprised there were less haha -ha, nerd said nerd said nerdy term jokes than i was expecting maybe it was just the two episodes i picked um it was definitely lessened a lot in between season 12 and season one but even in season yeah. one i was expecting a lot more of that I, I would say it's funny because one of the episodes depicted in season 12, there is an extended joke where it is they just basically are going through techno jargon mm. uh, about like string theory and stuff, which I'm sure is researched and correct. Yeah. But they're just whipping, like the two characters are whipping through so fast because the point is they're, they're just displaying their knowledge to each other. 
and in that scene, Sheldon's just being an asshole to the person because he's like, oh, you're from Indiana? Oh, I'm so sorry, you know. Oh, look, the Bloomington person knows their stuff. Ooh. It was just like the weirdest shit where I'm just like, no one would tolerate this person in the workplace. No one would mm-hmm. tolerate this Actually, wait, wait, wait. as a friend. Sorry, sorry. I, I have to say, there is like, there's a, there's a, there's a whole sub like like Harvard Business Review culture around this, but the idea of the toxic super performer who is a genius who is impossible to work with, like that does exist. That definitely exists in STEM. It exists in software. I have worked with a number of them over my career. That true. person, that true, person true, is true. real. Like, and so, and 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 I think it's definitely played up to an extreme. But I've definitely worked with people like that. I think it's maybe because I have. I just don't find it funny. <laughs> you know sure, what I yeah. mean? I'm just like this yeah. is like I, I can't. For me, it's like the Michael Scott effect where there's just certain things in sitcoms that people do that cross a line that just become unfunny. It becomes like, wow, your character was like less naive and unaware and being more like very direct and vindictive and they know better. So mm-hmm. that's where I have a hard time being it because it's like, wow, God, that's that's actually kind of really mean and unfunny. And I just don't find meanness that funny you know, certain scenario sure. buildup, yeah, it can be. But if you just concede as, oh, it's funny because the person's being an asshole, I'm going to be like, well, then why is anyone with this person then? Right. And and what I, what I will say is I also feel like that was just it, that was just part of the formula for Chuck Lorre multicam sitcoms in the like 2000s and 2010s. Like I like I remember trying to watch Two Broke Girls because I really liked Kat Dennings and I could not watch that show because they because like one people were just basically just mean to each other all the time. But two, there was just like lazy and racist jokes and stuff. Um, there were a bunch of fat jokes in 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 my in in one of the episodes I watched. And I was just like, how are there this many fat jokes when none of the characters are even fat? Yeah. Well, and I did not realize it was a Chuck Lorre production until mm. I watched it. And when I saw that, that then made sense to me why there was a lot of one-liners like buried within the sitco- situational comedy aspect of it, mm-hmm. you know, whatever the comedy of errors is in that moment. And I'm like, oh, that's right. It's, it's that kind of Chuck Lorre punchy, like... It, it's, there's just a, every character has the perfect response, you yep. know, to it. So that's what it, for me is, and that's the sitcom conceit that sometimes breaks my brain a bit. Is that's like, wow, these characters always have the perfect response, and it's just, just like I don't know that many people like that. And you know, I, I again, I should not be overanalyzing comedy this much. I should just be enjoying it. Yeah. Do you want to move on to season twelve? Yeah, let's do it. Okay, so in season twelve, I watched um, I watched two episodes. Uh, I watched episode where am I? I can't find it. Episode two, the wedding gift wormhole, because it was one of the episodes that featured Lauren Lapkus. And then I also watched um, the D and D vortex, which is epi- which is episode sixteen, which is one of the episodes that also featured Will Wheaton, because I knew that he was on this show. And I wanted to see. I kind of wanted to see what that was like because I, I I remember being um I, I remember being socially around Will Wheaton and like being a, fa- a fan of his work like his his writing and his blog and all that um and so his participation in the show always confused me um but getting to see him on the show kind of kind of linked some things for me and I I feel like I understand that better um which episodes did you watch? I watched two back to back episodes. Number five, 
And again, number six. Number five is the planetarium collision. And number six is the imitation perturbed it, per, per, wow, perturbation, 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 perturbation. Yeah, but to be perturbed. I don't Perturb- know. I just realized yeah. I've never, I've never heard that as a I O N yeah. word before. That's in, I'm tripping it up. But regardless, so it is uh, a, 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 a certain oh, it's Halloween episode, episode but there's a Halloween episode. So the yeah. sixes are uh, the Halloween episodes on both of them, which yep. also fills in some of the stuff we've talked about for the first one. Uh, I'll quickly knock out the uh, planetarium collision out. I I didn't have a lot really going for it uh, in that it's a very straightforward, but it also gave me a sense of what I thought this show actually was and what turned me off about it. So Sheldon is annoyed that his partner Amy, played by uh, Blossom, it, it basically doesn't have time to work on a project with him. So then he goes to the president of the university to get her removed from her own project that she's been working on for years so that they can then work together because she was basically like, oh, I wish I had more time for it. So then she, of course, is like apoplectic about it because he just got her job like switched without telling yeah. him and all that stuff, which is reasonable. And then again, that's one of those things where I'm like, what, what human being would have go through their head this series of thought patterns that they would then go, oh yeah, this is what I need to do. Which again, it's a sitcom. I, we got we got to create the conflict on it, but it just was, I, it, I, it was I, wild. I I kind of disagree with you there. I do think that that is the sort of devious type of behavior. I feel like I have seen in like the workplace. It doesn't seem that crazy to me. Maybe again, maybe it's cuz I work in software, but but that doesn't seem that Possibly. crazy. Possibly. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's that people can be that devious. It's just that how how are these people sticking around this person who can be so devious? Well, um, well again, like Sheldon Sheldon must be like like a genius in order for people to put up with his bullshit. And I think that is if anything an actual thing that they've that they've um like recreated on the show. It's Whether so, they see, realize it or not, oh, that's so fat. That aspect is so fascinating to me, and it really has made me rethink, rethink his role in this and all of it, and also why he won so many fucking Emmys. Uh, so then, uh, it then becomes an issue where they basically talk to each other, apologize, and then sort of like have to talk about their fears of their marriage. You know, okay, blah blah blah. The second storyline is Raj doesn't want to have. Howard joined him at his planetarium uh, talk because I learned in this episode that uh, Raj works in the astrophysics department and so that's why he's doing planetarium work. So he's like at his, you know, one of his peak eras for EDB. And then that Howard was an astronaut. They sent him to space because he built some sort of part for the International Space Station that they basically realized he was the only person that could install it. So he was a last minute like, oh, we got to put him on so he can do this. And they sent him to space. So he's worried that he's just going to talk about space all the time and stuff. So then they get there and he's so nervous. And so he introduces Howard and he like really hypes him up. And then... Howard responds back by hyping Raj up. And then they talk so positive to each other. And then they get, like, basically, it was becomes the most homoerotic, uh, like, display of two men having a love fest where you're like, now kiss. All I want you to do now is kiss, do it. Uh, and so it, that was interesting for me that... <laughs> 
that those that's where we are now is all of these characters are basically reaching their apexes of getting everything that they wanted and sure. so they are but they are still so so overwhelmed by emotional like ugh, i'm trying to think so insecure they're very still insecure with people that they've been with for a long time now. And mm-hmm. that's the thing is that I have friends that I've been with a long time and I'm not this insecure with any of them. You know, sure. like I, I wouldn't have this level. So for me, that's where I guess I'm more interested in. And of course, that's because it's a sitcom. It's our conflict. Like I, I understand why it is written that way. But it just is – for me looking at it as, as just these are people who exist in a universe, those kinds of things do – uh, do I do find it amusing when you stop and, and really think hard about it? Yeah. Now, what episode uh, did you? Oh, go ahead. Um, I had a thought. Oh, I just want to shout out. I just want to shout out. Um, um, Simon Helberg plays Howard. Um, who is also on Studio Sixty and Sunset Strip. So, so I love him. But also, that bitch looks like he's forty in the first episode of this show. Like, I don't. Oh understand. my god, he's so old. Yeah, he. There's a moment in, uh, and not to jump to my episode, I do want to go to yours, uh, but yeah. I'll, I'll tease it with the Hollywood episode. Uh, it starts and the entire plot revolves around when Howard dresses as Sheldon, and he looked like uh, a, a four, late forty to near fifty year old person, yeah. and with the way he had his stuff stylized, and I was like, "Wooey, this is a last season show for sure." Yeah. Um, if you watch the uh, watch the George Lucas talk show marathon when they talk about Studio Sixty, I feel like there's a lot of allusions to Simon hitting it big with this show. Um, yes, I uh, I enjoyed that marathon very much, even though I have never seen a single episode of that show. We're putting it on the list. Okay. Um, so the first episode I watched was the one with with Lauren Lapkus, and what I discovered was that Lauren Lapkus was added to the show as a as a, as an intended to be a love interest for Stuart. Stuart is a character that was not in the first season. Stuart is just is just another white nerd. He's just another white nerd. Apparently, there wasn't enough that they had three white nerds and one Indian nerd. They needed to add a fourth nerd, and they couldn't add a black person. They couldn't add a Latin person. They couldn't even add a fucking Asian person. They just they had to get another white guy. And I just I was just so apoplectic that like. Like, why, if you're going to add someone to this ensemble, do you add another fucking white guy? I, he was present in the Halloween episode with no context provided for who he was. Yeah. Uh, which, again, at this point, they th- you know, I would understand. I knew he was a regular person, but yeah, he was just around and was sort of just there. And I was like, what's his deal? What is the deal that we don't know his deal? I guess I don't really no. know. I mean, admittedly, we didn't watch, like, 11 seasons of the show in between the, the two episodes, but yeah. Oh, yes, true. Um, but what I will say is, I thought I thought Lauren Lapkus escaped pretty much unscathed. The stuff they gave her was pretty, was, was, was moderately funny. Um, her, her plot line, she was both, she was mostly just there to be an object of desire for Stuart. Um, and, and they weren't too gross about it, but, um, I'm happy Lauren Lapkus got paid. That's what I'll say. Good. I yes, I love when my favorite CBB and improv people get paid. Uh, yeah, I, uh, I I didn't hit a Lauren Lapkus episode, and I was sad about that because I really did want to see how she was on here. But I have only heard good things about it, and I know critically, you know, she was very much uh, sure praised for her performance as well. So yeah, same thing. Get paid. Now, what was it, your it, episode about? Oh, go ahead. Oh, um, 
one thing I liked is that she, so the, the premise for her character is that she works in a comic book store with Stuart. And so the, like the first scene she's in, they're having a conversation about comic books and it's, it's definitely not the, Oh, the, the guy said something nerdy. Everyone look and laugh at him. And so I kind of liked that they gave her a little more to do than, than just being the, another girl to kind of like scoff when anyone says anything nerdy. Um, that episode was about that episode was about um a wedding gift that um that that was received by uh Sheldon and Mayim Bialik's character at, at their wedding from so, two of the other characters. It's really unimportant. What I thought was kind of interesting was that that episode had very much had a dynamic of all each each of the couples is going to get their own like a plot a b c plot whereas mm-hmm. in the other episode i watched episode 16 which is about the the D vortex that was a very much a like boys get a pl- a plot girls get a b plot boys versus girls sort of thing interesting that yeah that's a bit of what i had in the halloween episode where it ended up being some there were just some moments where it was sort of the boys and the girls doing their own thing but it, it not in a passing the bechdel way because the girls were together right. to try and figure out the stuff about the boys yes of course um i will say i will say in the second episode the second episode which was boys versus girls the premise of that one is that Will Wheaton has a secret D&D game that he plays with celebrities, including William Shatner, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, um, and uh, Joe Manganiello, who was on True Blood, who who is a oh, nerd. Oh, yes, yes. This, yes. This, is, this is hilarious to me because I also just watched the episode of, of Mythic Quest Season 3 where he shows up because he's also a nerd in that show, too. Like, I guess he's <laughs> like, I'm a hot guy who's also a nerd is, like, getting him guest starring roles on shows left and right. Um. But but so the premise is like oh one of one of the nerds got invited to the D and D game and then when they get kicked out someone else goes and then they and then they blabs and they, they get kicked out and the, and then and the girls are like yeah whatever I don't care until they find out that Joe Manganiello's in Joe Manganiello who is also in Magic Mike is in the is in the group and now they want to go. Um, of course. Oh, and, if, if there's a hot guy involved, then women will be interested. Otherwise, yeah, they don't it, care. It's it's pretty tropey. Um, up until Joe Manganiello is revealed to be in the group, though, Penny is so disinterested in anything that's going on. She looks tortured. She looks like 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 the 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 worst case scenario for a trad wife. She is. She just looks miserable. Like she, they just have her like sitting off to the side reading a magazine. I felt so bad for Kaylee Cuoco. That character deserved better. Yeah, why did they? Why was she hanging out? Why didn't they, didn't they have her go do something else? I mean, I guess it's because they had to have her to be able to respond to yes. things. But yeah, I in real life, it'd be like, go do your own thing, go have fun. Yes, and 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 hopefully, like, because like the other thing I thought was interesting was in season one, season one in the Halloween episode, she has she has a lot of friends, right? She has a big mm-hmm. social friend group. In both episodes, I saw the only time she's hanging out with other women are the two other the two other wives of the nerds, um, Melissa Roush and 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 Miami Bialik. And yeah. I was just like, is this what your life has been reduced to, Penny? Yeah. That's, what happened? <laughs> that was my social circle for it, you know. Well, in season or I guess I'll season in episode six with the yeah. Halloween party, 
uh, we do get the reveal that there are other people in their lives that they get oh, good. you know oh, good. invited okay. in there. One of them was Brian Posehn, randomly. I yes. don't know what his character is, but he was. Uh, I think does he work at the comic store? Now that I'm thinking about it, no, no, no. He he is like a geology professor because he was also oh, in one of my episodes. Okay, that makes sense because he was playing he was playing a, a award winning geologist in his yes. uh, in his episode for the Halloween he, character. It, it felt like they brought him in to be like even bigger nerd than than the nerds, like like at, like yes. even more socially awkward. Like it's like it's like on um that's like on, exactly like Park, what he was. It's like it's like on it's like on Parks and Rec or on one of those shows where they have someone who's like the the butt of all their jokes, and then they have someone who's worse than that that everyone also hates. Yeah, like uh, Jerry is the lowest on the poll where everyone makes fun of him. No right, matter, but then but the then there's that. a someone that even Jerry gets to make fun of also. Yeah. Um, yeah, so uh, it was interesting, but the, so there's a conceit of the Halloween episode. It is, uh, I thought this might be an annual thing, but this implies that they haven't had a Halloween party since the first one. Because Leonard asks Penny about the fact that she says she's had other Halloween parties, but he's never been invited to them. And she's like, let's just move on to the next, you know, topic or whatever. Let's just not talk about it. Uh, and so uh, this is the final season follow-up to it. Now, the conflict within it is that Howard dresses up for as Sheldon for Halloween at work. And he's in the full outfit, and he's doing all the mannerisms, and the others are laughing at it, and Sheldon doesn't get it. Like, he doesn't get it, and he's just like, it takes him... Uh, you know, it takes him a few jokes, you know, good sitcom jokes uh, for him to realize. And mm-hmm. then he's, like, offended by it. He's like, is this how you, I, you you all think I am? Is this how you all are? You know, and mm-hmm. basically is is all of a sudden emotional and has emotions about this and the way he's perceived. You know, this robot of a character that just sure. has been trashing out the other person around him. All of a sudden, now his feelings are hurt, and we have mm-hmm. to have an episode about it. And so he goes to Amy and sort of talks about it. And they are like, well, what should we do? And so Bernadette and Amy then have to have a talk. And Amy's like, hey, can you have Howard apologize to Sheldon because his feelings are hurt? And Bernadette is like, well, he just should learn to, like, be able to take people joking at him. Like, because he basically makes fun of people all the time. So if he can't dish it, he shouldn't be able to take it. And that's what I'm like, yeah, I'm kind of on her side for that. And so then Sheldon and Amy decide, okay, so we're going to go ahead and dish it. So for Halloween, for the Halloween party, they come dressed as Sheldon and Amy, but they just do, or not Sheldon and Amy, they come dressed as Howard and Bernadette, sorry. Um, And they do that thing where it's like people at a roast who think Mm. that the idea of a roast is to air grievances and just say the thing that they're making fun of, but not make a joke about it. So Mm -hmm. Bernadette obviously has a high voice. And so Amy just goes... And I'm Bernadette because I have a squeaky voice. Do, 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 you know, and literally just yeah. like that's the joke is for saying it. And right. Bernadette yes. is upset about it. So then they're like, well, you know, you made fun of Sheldon. And so we're making fun of it. And it's just like, wow, you guys have no awareness that like this is not even on the level of what they were making fun of you for. And yeah. don't have so it was so it was one of those things where I'm like, wow, this type of like ugh, these type of people and this type of thing. I'm just like, 
for one thing, I was thinking, wait a minute. You've been friends for 12 years. No one's done an impression of him. No one's done that around him. We've not dealt with this before, ever. Like, we're only now dealing with the fact that someone did an impression of him and he's, like, dealing with it. Like, you're almost 40, dude. You you shouldn't be having, like, baby rage because someone, like, dressed up as Halloween for Christmas and didn't, like, he wasn't making jokes and saying, like, oh, the things. He literally just had the mannerisms. So it was, again, one of those moments where it's just, like, so this dude's super antisocialness becomes the conflict. And now all of our jokes around the fact that, like, he just doesn't get it. Um, And uh, they do end up, Sheldon and Bernadette end up talking it out. And basically both of them are like, well, we've been hurt by other people making fun of us. And so we're sensitive. Like, we're both, I guess, sensitive about it. And, you know, it was just jokes about them getting bullied and stuff. Which, actually, I did appreciate it about it because I'm very open about being bullied growing up and can make jokes about it now and stuff. So, but for there, but again, it was just sort of like... This feels like it never should have gotten to this point where they like why were why were Amy and Bernadette talking about it and and Howard and Sheldon just didn't like dish it out like hash it out right away. Yeah. So it's again yeah. one of the things where the women have to come in and solve the men's problems, which then also creates more problems and stuff. And it's just like yeah, you all. It's that sitcom thing where yeah, the choices that people are making are causing the conflict. But I'm also sort of like if they were. <laughs> They're just adults. Like, this really wouldn't be a thing. Yeah. Um, can we talk about Amy for a second? The Mayan Bialik character? Um, yeah, sure. I, What's up? I didn't know what to make of her because she, like, it felt like, oh, they have to make an uber nerd just like Sheldon or equally awkward to match Sheldon. But at the same time, um, she's hanging out with the girls in, in, in like half the time. And I just, I just, it felt really hard to get a read on what her character was supposed to be. Admittedly, we only watched two episodes, but like, like, yeah, it just felt, it felt like it was whatever was convenient for the plot at any given point was, was what she was doing. Well, and I also felt like I only understood her in the context of her relationship to Sheldon, not in her own accomplishments and things like that. Now, again, this is because we're toward the later seasons. I'm sure they built some of that up earlier yeah. on. No, no guarantees. No guarantees. I, no guarantees. <laughs> no guarantees. You know, but at least more than what I got in these episodes yeah. like, for trying to set things up. Right. But, I, yeah, I didn't have a good read on her either. It, it, it is funny because she has to have – the women on this show have to have, like, have to either be on or talk on the men's – high above intellectual level where they won't talk down and get on the other people's talking level. And so mm-hmm. they either have to have people who are just as nerdy as they are mm-hmm. in order to write to them, or the other person has to work a lot harder to get them to understand it because they are not naturally aware of it. And again, I, I do understand yeah. that Like I'm the kind of person that really reads into other people's emotions and responses and and i'm attuned to it but i also know that there are things that i'm very oblivious about and do need to have pointed out about either what i'm doing or how i'm acting with other people so again it's not it's not that sort of thing i'm upset about it it or you know don't get it just is the the it's the fact that you have to keep heightening with these characters and then the point where they get so heightened that it's like well these are super like successful people who also have crippling social lives <laughs> and like haven't got that figured out all the way. Yeah. Um, 
also, also, Amy is Amy is trans. That's the other thing I wanted to say. Um, I mean, obviously she's played by Amy Alec, but the, the character Amy is a trans is a trans woman. I, I just that's not even headcanon. That's just they're just stating that with the way she dresses, the way she acts. She is that is a trans girl, like like through and through. Thumbs up, headcanon. Put it in. I, my I'm, not, I'm saying it's not headcanon. I'm saying it's I'm saying it's I'm saying it's actual canon. Okay, so. actu- we're actualizing it now. Yes, I don't. I don't care enough about this show to put any sort of actualization into it. Fair, fair. Yeah, so like, like, let's 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 wrap it up. We 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 went in we, with. I tr- I feel like I tried really hard to find the heart of what was like funny about this show, and I think I think there probably was a better episode than the first ha- the first season Halloween episode. That one really put a bad taste in my mouth. I think if I'd watched the season twelve episodes first, I would I would feel better about the show. Honestly, if I'd watched them in reverse order. Yeah, I feel like if this might be one of those shows where if I was at someone's house who enjoyed it and maybe was like had some seasons on and was able to talk through it, I might get, I would be able to I think see enough in it where there would be things for me to laugh about even though I would be groaning at the general construct and be annoyed at the things that I have started to be annoyed about with any sort of sitcom structure and and la- what I what I think is some lazy write- writing and use, you know overuses of tropes but hey everything is just repetition of tropes that have existed before so I I also understand how it works but I get I think I get it better now why this was a show that was very popular I I sure. it it was not nearly as bad as I remembered it from the times that I'd watched, you know, seen it or watched that one episode specifically. So that was nice where at least it was like, well, this is much more watchable. And while I'm not loving it, I'm also not like hate watching it. So that was the good news in the end. Okay. I, I made a separate profile in HBO max to not taint my recommendations. And I stand by that decision. You also sent me a text at uh, past midnight my time. I was still up. That said, yes. I am in pain, which made my heart skip a beat a little bit. Because right. I was like, "Wait, who do I need to call? What needs to happen? What's going on?" And then you said, said replied back, "I'm watching my Big Bang episodes." I'm like, "Oh, oh, okay. Thank God. Yes, that's fine." Yeah. And also, I'm yeah. so sorry that you're feeling like this. <laughs> yes, I, yes, I, I watched. That was that was between the the season one and season twelve episodes. I felt better after the season twelve episodes, but still. Not a fan. Not a fan, yeah. unfortunately. Well, this was our first time doing this format of watching two at the beginning, two at the end. Did you think that was successful for you to get a taste of, like, a nice little sampler platter of, of this show? I I think so. I think it's hard, though. Like, this show was so long-running, and... Well, it doesn't seem like there's that much canon built up. Like the, the whole introduction of like characters, like like Stewart and Brian Posehn, um, did feel a little harder to parse in the in the later seasons. We might we might want to retool it depending on what show we do next. But um, I don't know. It, 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 at least it didn't. The episodes were the episodes felt like they went by fast. At least that that was the one saving grace of this whole thing. Yeah, twenty two minute shows. I'm just like, well, at least this will be over fairly quick. It's it's going to be basically put together the length of, 
you know, uh, one of the movies we'd have to watch. So there we go. All right. I think, yeah. Alice, it is my turn to pick, to for, pick for me. you. Yeah. Now, last time I picked Knives Out for you. Yes. That was a movie that I had seen and that I liked. So now I'm eyeballing to see if there's anything I haven't seen that I should. And there's one that's catching my eye. And it's a pretty oh, big no. one. And oh, I no. feel like I've had it coming. I've had it coming. I oh, think we would no. watch this movie. We're going to watch the musical Chicago. The 2002 oh. Oscar winning film. What did you think I was going to No, wait, we can't say. I, I we'll, uh, we'll talk afterwards. I'm curious I, what you thought I was going to say. There were some things there's some things on the list I thought you were going to say and I I'm, I feel like oh, I dodged a bullet on this. No, one. I probably didn't sing it. Like, she had it coming. She had it coming. It's all I know about. I also know Mr. Cellophane. I'm Mr. Cellophane. Yeah, I being around theater nerds, I've heard Chicago songs sung by other people, but I just my own general disinterest in musicals has led me to just avoid a lot of these big named ones like mm-hmm. Cabaret is a uh, Missy hasn't seen. Uh, I, I haven't watched the second half of The Sound of Music because my, uh, my husband wanted me to watch it because he couldn't believe I haven't watched it. Then we started watching it. We got to the halfway point. He's like, oh, this was much more boring than I remember it being growing up. We don't have to finish this. Uh, but things like that where I just hadn't seen it and i think this one will be will be very interesting uh i'm curious to see renee zellweger because i don't think i've seen her really uh in a movie besides bridget jones which i i have seen and don't remember much about to be honest have you wait have you seen have you seen um um jerry mcguire no jerry mcguire is fun well, we'll put it on the list. Put it on the list then, and well, that might be a teaser for a future one. Yeah, no. There's uh, Tom Cruise in general. I'm going to tell you a lot of stuff I haven't seen. Because okay, you know what? Okay, might, we're we're going to be editing the list after this is what I think I'm oh, hearing. Oh, I think we're going to Yeah, I think we'll be putting something on the list. But, like, Tom Tom Cruise kind of creeps me out. So Oh, oh we're, we're, we're going in. We're getting into that. We're going to get into that. Um, yeah. I did see... I, as a, as a teaser for that episode, I did see Chicago the musical last year. No, this oh, year. Nice. This year, in twenty twenty one, because Angelica Ross was playing one of the lead characters. I really enjoyed it, but also have basically no memory of any of the songs. So um, I'm really we'll curious. I'm really curious it. to see what what I think of the of the movie version. Yeah, I I'm curious too. This one, I think this one will be a pleasant one because uh, I don't because it's not like it's a bad film. You know, it's obviously very regarded. Right. So I yes. don't think I'm going to have a bad time with it. It's just it's one of the things that I haven't seen because I also feel like I've absorbed all I need to know about it from people talking about it. Sure. So that's I'm going to be watching it basically knowing all of what happens. But you know, I'll be pleasantly surprised. I'm sure. Yeah. Bui Latifah's in it. I can't wait. Playing a role that I believe Jinx Monsoon is going to be playing on Broadway soon. Take us out. (laughs) Take us out. Okay, I will take us out. And as always, remember, 
Um, technically, the ending of a podcast is when the media stops and the recording ends. So this is not actually the ending. The ending would be the silence after this ends. Uh, bazinga. There were no bazingas in my episodes. I was sad. Me either. There were four flashes in one. Goodbye.